0: And welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast. Today is Saturday, October 7th. I'm recording here in Seattle. Actually, technically, we're in Tequila. Um, Tequila. Yeah. Tequila, Washington, to be exact. Yeah, Washington State. So um, we're, we're staying at a Doubletree, which is uh, near the South Center Mall, which is actually absolutely lovely. If you can get it for a decent price, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's also conveniently located if you're interested in going to SeaTac Airport. So, uh, I do very much recommend this double Doubletree. So, uh, you might be asking yourself, why are we in Seattle? Bike, uh, why are we in Seattle? We are in Seattle because I needed to get away. I needed to do something different. I wanted to go on a road trip.
1: Uh, well, not typically a road trip. I was hoping to get four days off from work. That was declined. I got three instead. And I was going to fly to Toronto to see some friends. But unfortunately, due to only having three days off and the flight costs being over a thousand dollars. I know. So I decided to, uh, do a road trip instead. And thankfully Ray was able here to join me and we, uh, took a mini Seattle trip. It's been good so far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, part of, uh, what you were, uh, initially planning i think is uh when your toronto idea fell through you were talking about taking a three-day flight yes. uh, or a three-day mm-hmm. trip to san francisco and the flight was going to be just under seven hundred dollars round yeah. trip per round person trip, per person and that doesn't include hotel no it's just the flight and I'm like nah, uh, no as soon as i heard that i knew that that couldn't happen so i got on hilton.com logged in with my h honors uh status and saw what kind of a deal we were able to pull off it's <laughs> so, a really good deal yeah, was, yeah it started at 97 uh us uh, and then of course taxes and fees and and things like that come along. What are some of the uh, the cool things that you've uh, seen on this particular trip? Because it's been Ooh. a while since you've been to Seattle.
1: It has been many, many, many years since I've been here. I think the last time I was here was with my father. Uh, we did a road trip down here, I believe it was a road trip. It's been that long, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, some of the things we've done, we've uh, went over to the wheel, the Ferris wheel, is that what they call it? Uh, the, Seattle's Great Wheel, I, I think wheel. they called it, yeah. And yeah, That was pretty cool. We got to see a fantastic view of the harbor and uh, downtown. Um,
0: what else have we done? Oh, we did quite a bit. <laughs> what uh, else we, have we done? We did we did the we did the, uh, we did the space needle. We did the monorail. The Space needle, the monorail. Yes, uh, the space needle is pretty
1: cool. Going up in the elevator. Um, I've actually uh, been stuck in an elevator twice. Yeah, twice, and it's not a very pleasant thing. So I'm, uh, I don't have a
0: fear of elevators. I just don't like them. And we were able to um, post some video of, uh, of our trip so far on our Instagram channel. So uh, on Instagram, we are vacation impossible. We were able to post some clips of the elevator, uh, you know, the journey up and down the elevator from the Space Needle and a few other things here and there, some clips of the monorail. So uh, there is definitely an added benefit to uh, following us on Instagram because those are videos that we're, we won't be posting anywhere else, uh, partly because they're shot for Instagram and Instagram is a square uh, and so mm-hmm. that wouldn't, yeah. uh, that wouldn't play well on YouTube or other, uh, other platforms. So, uh, it's good to follow us on various different social media platforms because you get different content in all the different places. Sometimes you might see some repeats, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a pretty good trip. Um, doing a whole bunch of, uh, uh that kind of stuff. Here's a, a tip for people who are visiting Seattle by car. Mm. Parking can be, uh, maddening and expensive depending on where you go. More maddening. <laughs> I had a afro hair
1: yesterday, and as you can see, uh, yeah.
0: No. So the trick that I usually do, especially if I'm in Seattle for a convention like ECCC or something like that, it's often very expensive to stay in the downtown core. So I'll stay somewhere else, either Everett or here in Tequila, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll drive in if we've got a car. And where is the smart place to park? My recommendation is you go to. Westlake Center, the mall, and park there because on uh, weekends, it's $7 all day. And you've got the monorail right there that takes you to Seattle Center, EMP, um, you know, the Space Needle. Yep. As well, from Westlake, you're within walking distance of the public market and of the Great Wheel yep. uh, and the Convention Center and a bunch of other attractions. So uh, definitely, uh, that's sort of my trick for Seattle. Of course, uh, prices can increase. So if you're listening to this podcast uh, much later than October of 2017, your mileage may vary. But uh, it's been consistently for years now a pretty good tactic for us uh, especially since you know the the parking rates have gone up closer to the space needle over the years and the hotel prices have just astronomically exploded with good reason um but that's one way of avoiding that when you come to Seattle. so mike um what's what's going on these days anything interesting in in the world of Mike that you might want to share with our listeners uh, the fact that i'm just I'm working
1: and uh no't I, I I lead a pretty boring life to be honest with you. I do love to travel, so I do get away, as, hence this trip, uh, as much as I can, but other than that, no, there's nothing really exciting that I can think of, um, except for
0: this trip. Sure thing. Uh, I uh, have uh, recently picked up a, a Super uh, Nintendo Classic, mm-hmm. so I've been playing some of the old classic games on that. Uh, it was great. I was able to get a pre-order, and I was actually able to walk into Best Buy on launch day and just pick one up with some coworkers. We took our, our early morning break together, ten o'clock. We just walk in and we got in a line, and we were all able to get one. So uh, I was very lucky there. And um, you know, I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy III on the Super Nintendo Classic, which in Japan was known as Six. Uh, and so I've been re-experiencing that, and that's been a whole lot of fun. Also F-Zero and uh, Contra 3 and other games. So that's been fantastic. The availability of the Super Nintendo Classic, it, it, the, Nintendo seems to have been uh, sincere when they said there would be more available than the uh, the NES Classic. So uh, I'm really um, enjoying that and, and not having the stress and, and disappointment. And, you know, when, when the Nintendo Classic was out and I was trying to get it for myself and for friends, the original NES Classic, there was one instance where I was at a Best Buy looking for Amiibos, and I noticed that there was a lineup of people. I thought nothing of it in the gaming area, and then I saw somebody from the back bring out an NES Classic, and I thought, oh, my God, this is great. It was shortly before Christmas. I'm like, Christmas is saved. I'm going to get one. I'm not sure who I'm going to give it to, but it's going to be amazing for that person. Mm -hmm. I got in line, and I waited. One person at the front of the line called their family, and like five people came, and they said, what are we buying? He says, there's a limit of one. Don't even worry about it. I'll pay you back. Just get one. And so I'm watching this happen, and I'm kind of frustrated, but I'm thinking, okay, maybe it'll be fine, maybe it'll be fine. Hopefully they have enough. The guy in front of me goes up, and he's buying like uh, Star Wars Battlegrounds or something, a game that they had 20 copies of. And he says, what's everyone in line for? And the the clerk says, for a a Nintendo Classic, he goes, what's that? He's like, sir, I've I've got a line I, I don't have time to explain. He goes, okay, I'll just take one. Oh, no. And he got the very last one in the store, and someone who would have treasured it or given it to someone who would have treasured it Mm -hmm. uh i got denied and because of those those two people who were you know doing what they were doing and i was so upset i I was nearly moved to tears because i've been hunting for this thing for at that point uh, at least a solid month and i had i had had this plan that i was going to get uh everyone i know the same thing When they first announced the NES Classic, I was going to get them an NES Classic and uh, the self-help book that actually I find really valuable. It's called uh, Being Happy by Andrew Matthews. Uh, I highly recommend his content. Uh, so his different books, Being Happy, is a great jumping off point. He also has a wonderful podcast. They're always in 15-minute chunks. So uh, it's good to maybe listen to while you're exercising or something like that because it's really bite-sized, super valuable. Uh, it's really, really great. One of the things he talks about that people want to know, oh, why should I get this book or listen to this podcast? One of the things he taught me at a very young age, because it's got cartoons in it. So like, I, when I picked it up as a kid, I was like 10 or 13. I didn't know it was a self-help book. I thought it was a cartoon book, like a comic- mm-hmm. Comic book, uh, and I was reading through. One of the things he talks about is, um, I, like, I, I sometimes struggle with praise. If someone says, "Oh, you're doing such an amazing job," I don't always know how to react. And sometimes I feel like I should deflect or demure, or you know, not try to sound full of myself. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the things he explains is he says um, a compliment is like a gift, and it's rude to refuse a gift. So every time that I'm in that situation where someone comes up to me and you know maybe they're complimenting me on the podcast or on a on a YouTube video or something I've done at work or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and I feel that that awkwardness, I remember the book and I and I just remember like that's my safety. I can say, well, thank you. I just I, I act as if I'm being given a gift, which you yeah. sort of am. That's you- Pretty much you are, yeah. So that's what was my big plan. I was going to get these books and these NES classics, and everyone in my life was going to get that, and they were going to start their new year with retro games and a positive outlook on life. That's awesome. And the whole thing fell apart, because the NES classic wasn't wasn't in stock anywhere, and I found out that getting the back orders of uh, being happy, because the book was published in, I think, the 90s. Uh, you have to order it from like the UK, and the delivery time wasn't going to work out. Wow. Um, so it just it didn't come together. So hopefully Nintendo yeah. will maybe continue to do restocks and... Is there not any updates from Nintendo about their restocks? Uh, It only just came out recently, uh, but they did say that they would be continuing to come out into the spring of next year. And they also said that the Nintendo Classic uh, is going to come back next summer, even though they had discontinued it. So I feel regret over having... And here's a confession. I... I went on eBay, and I bought an NES Classic with an Insignia bonus secondary controller, mm-hmm. and I paid 330 Canadian. That's including Ooh. shipping and everything else, but I absolutely paid a scumbag reseller. I feel nothing but shame about that, uh, especially now that there's another option. But I was I was with people like Pat Contra, who said, don't pay retail, resellers' prices. And I'm 100% behind that generally, but the day they announced it was discontinued, I knew that was my only option. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a... I mean, it was like a, what, a 1% chance Nintendo would make an announcement like this that they're bringing it back? Yeah, but how often do they do that? Exactly. So, uh, you know, and so it's unusual. I'm glad they're doing it, but I, I am filled with regret and shame. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, I'm happy about the yeah. Super Nintendo Classic. Hopefully more will be available throughout the holiday season, and people can have that wonder of, uh, you know, uh, receiving that on, on a Christmas day. So, some kid might get really excited, or some adult, older kid like myself. Yeah. Um, one thing that I really like about the Super Nintendo Classic is the controller is uh, a little bit more full-size than on the NES Classic, and it feels just like the Super Nintendo controller did when you first held it brand new. It's got that Ooh. texture to it. Yeah. Uh, and I shouldn't care as much about this as I do, <laughs> but that feeling in your hand uh, and, and playing something like Final Fantasy three, it's just it's amazing, and it fills me with joy, so... Uh, anyways, that's a little off topic. I know from our usual uh, travel stuff. Um, but speaking of retro games and travel, mm-hmm. uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo—it's um, coming up. It's coming up in, in later in this month in October. We are hoping to be able to go down uh, yeah. and maybe record a podcast while we're while we're there. I know we tried to do the podcast last year, and the time wasn't available. But um, we'll see if we can throw something together. But it's going to be last minute, not not unlike this trip. I mean, Mike yeah. was messaging me I I think, was, on yeah. Tuesday.
1: On Tuesday. Yeah.
0: I think it was Tuesday yeah yeah because
1: I was I put the request in to get the day off for Friday the previous week and they and they couldn't even confirm it until the day before so Thursday I was uh, given confirmation that I was denied the day off because we were so short staffed but
0: yeah and so yeah. I was thinking well I mean maybe he'll get the day off he'll be you know he'll be jetting off to Toronto or wherever else yeah. and so it wasn't until about halfway through Thursday I got the message that no we're definitely a go for this trip. Yeah. So uh, I didn't, I didn't bring earplugs, which, you know, regardless of who you're traveling with or where you're going, I highly recommend you bring earplugs. Apparently I talk in my sleep. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Apparently I scream and I, yeah, I actually have conversations. That's the weird part. He has one sided conversations, but he doesn't reveal details. So I, it'll be, he'll be, he'll just be lying there and suddenly be like, yeah, okay. Like, sure. I'm not even sure if he's asleep without looking because oh, it's like, i I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, Dead to the world. I I can't even hear myself. Yeah, I like. I didn't know
0: I apparently speak. Yeah, and you you only snore like a little bit, and that's intermittent. So, uh, but mostly you don't, and so it's silent. And then all of a sudden, oh, that's interesting, or oh, wow, good idea. And I'm like, what's happening right now? (laughs) I want to know what's happening. What am I talking about? So, yeah, and unfortunately, you didn't give any details, but no, I didn't, no. you, you never know if your room's going to end up near a highway, or one thing that woke me this morning is there was a baby or a young child that was crying. I don't know if it was outside our window, another floor, another room. You can't anticipate those sorts of things, and so having earplugs, I think, is a is a really good idea for those sorts of things.
1: It also helps if you're, uh, if you're a light sleeper, um, passing aircraft if you're in an airport, or people walking by your door in the hallway, or
0: uh, elevator doors closing. It's yeah, and you can often save a lot of money by save, uh, staying at uh, hotels near airports. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, I remember that was true for me one time in LAX. Uh, I stayed at a Westin really close to LAX, and it was actually a really good price competitively versus other areas in LA. Yeah. And so you think, oh, you know, yeah, you're going to save the money, but you'll be at the airport, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you get like eighty cent earplugs, and suddenly that you know sixty dollars you're saving on the hotel room that makes sense. It makes sense, yeah, because you're not listening to the 747s
1: flying over you every. Twelve minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, we do have I, I we have a couple of different trips um, that are currently planned for the future. Mm-hmm. In December, Sam and I are going on the inspiration, sailing out of Long Beach, going to Catalina and Ensenada. We're doing our annual Ensenada trip. So I hope to be there. I'm I've put a I'm gonna put another request in to be denied that, that time off. So it's worth a shot. Yeah, it's worth a shot. You, you know? could have a, you could have a Christmas miracle I in December.
1: So. I hope so.
0: And then in June, uh, we have a, uh, a trip booked where we're going to be sailing on the Miracle, and we're going to be uh, seeing some sloths uh, yeah. and, and other various things on the Even Miracle. A sloth the uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll be look for that in June of next year. That trip, 2018. So uh, one thing that I'm very excited to do is uh, we have our second ever viewer mail here for the podcast. It's the the second time that we've been contacted through our email account, which is team at vacationimpossible.ca. You might remember before Target John had contacted us over the whole War of the Waffles thing. If you don't know what I'm talking Mm. about, you can check uh, previous episodes. There's also clips on YouTube uh, if you want to get straight to uh, the core of that. But uh, I'm just going to start off by reading um Brad's email. He identifies himself as a fellow Platinum Cruiser. Ah. Uh, so I, I well, attained that's... Platinum about a year ago, a little over, a little less than a year ago. I'm still so. red, is it? Red? I'm not or... sure. Yeah, you might I don't know if you're gold yet or not.
1: Yet. No, you might I'm, still be I'm red. Nowhere
0: near gold. I know that. I still got like another 15 days of sailing to do. So uh it's it's probably not that many. It's probably not that many. You bet you'll make gold on either your next sail or the one after that depending on how long it is cuz you only okay. need 25 days to hit gold. I've done four cruises and they're all they're all been four One was four days and either. three were fifteen. So you're at nineteen days. I'm nineteen days. So, so six, I, six, six six days. days. A six yeah, day cruise. Okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm at like ninety-five days. Um, yeah, I, I hate you for that. <laughs> I've done uh uh sixteen cruises and I've two more booked. So you, you've done six cruises in a one year.
1: In one year. And when he did six cruises in one year. I did three cruises
0: in four months. So oh, that was cool. That's actually part of what Brad talks about. So just getting to the viewer mail, Brad mm-hmm. says, I enjoy your podcast very much and had some questions as I watched them. What made you decide to start cruising and how are you able to go so much? You seem very young and money and vacation time is never easy when you're just starting out. Also, who did you cruise with when you did not go together? I think the young woman's name is Sue. I, I think he's referring to Mindy, uh, but we might just start calling her Sue because that would be very funny. I want to I, I, I'm gonna call her Sue from now on. Uh, you obviously both uh, did not always cruise together since only uh, you were platinum and she just made gold. So yeah. Yeah. some good questions in there. And thanks for your feedback. We absolutely love getting emails like this. So, again, that's team at vacationimpossible.ca if you'd like to submit a question or a topic you'd like us to cover. So uh, I think the first question he asked was about what made uh, us decide to start cruising. For me... Mm-hmm. Um, I got a call from my friend Burton, who I went to high school with, and I love like a brother. And he basically said, hey, I, I've got a week off in March. Can you get the same week off and we can go somewhere? And I said, yeah, sure. I went and I got the time off work. And I said, yeah, okay, I'm ready to go. Oh, by the way, where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> I was so happy to spend some time with my friend. Uh, and, I mean, I'm a travel guy, so you say we're traveling. If I can make it work. You're going to make it work. Yeah. Hence this Seattle trip. Yeah, and, and so I, I didn't even know what his plan was. He says, oh, uh, I, got, I got just the thing. We're going to take a cruise. And uh, I, I had some re- reservations about that. Oh, a cruise. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll be with Burton. Burton's a fun guy. He's a smart guy. We're going to have a good time. But I had all sorts of reservations about cruising. Um, I thought that it would be a lot of retirees. Yeah. And there certainly are yeah. some, but on Carnival, it's a very diverse crowd. That was the other thing, too, is I thought it would be kind of whitewashed, but it's actually really quite diverse, both in the in the crew and in the guests. Mm-hmm. Food quality? And that was, I thought the food yeah. might not be very yeah. good. It's um, amazing, by the way. It absolutely is. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that they would be constantly um, forcing you into buying more things. And while they do encourage you, obviously, they want to sell you, you know, a spa treatment or an alcoholic beverage or they whatever. They don't force you, they don't, you know... They don't make you feel bad for not doing it, you know, and it's it's great, absolutely yeah. uh although I have heard that once you're in the spa, you sometimes get a really high pressure sales delivery, but uh when I was there, I never did that no? yeah, that varies from ship to ship, yeah. like you had a good time was it the paradise I think you went on was right? it the paradise yeah the our, our first sailing um yeah i I went to the spa twenty sixteen it,
1: it was fantastic, it was
0: great service. And and Mindy recently went to the spa on The Legend, and she got a bit of a sales pitch at the end, but it was pretty soft. Mm. But when she was on The Dream, and you can watch my uh, Carnival Spa Rant video on YouTube to explain what happened on The Dream, where we got jerked around all over the place. Oh. And part of it was her uh, a big chunk of the time she paid for was nothing but a sales pitch. It was a hard sell. Uh, And, and so she didn't appreciate that. So mm. it does vary from ship to ship. Your mileage... May vary. So what I recommend when it comes to the spa generally is don't book in advance online because if you watch that rant video, you'll see why there's flaws with that system. Also, um, because it seems to vary from ship to ship, go on the first day for the yeah. spa tour. Uh, I think that gives you a good sense of the kind of attitude and service you're likely to receive. It, yeah, and they also give you samples of what type of uh,
1: services they provided. Uh, they'll do like the bamboo massages and all that sort of A hot stone massage. They'll actually give you a hot stone, like a a mini hot stone massage, to give you an idea of what it's about. And they'll give you a bamboo massage, and give you like a on your arms and stuff, just to give you an idea of what it's all about. And it's it's really well done. They they take you through the entire spa, and uh, it's it's a well versed tour. It gives you opens your eyes a
0: lot. And hopefully, yeah, it gives you a sense. Is this a good one or a bad one? Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, they often offer sales during that where you they can do. get like a combo treatment at a discount. Yeah. Or they also offer contests
1: too where you can sign up. You can, uh, you can write your name and your uh, cabin number down and then you show up at a certain time, let's say one o'clock, and they have a bunch of prizes and you just sit there and they just read off a cabin number. They have a big drum and they put all the uh, ballots into it and they pull out a cabin number and they, your cabin number is called. You go up and they'll ask you to do something like uh, do a little dance or dance to this song or or sing to this. And then once you do that, then you get your whatever it is. And usually it's a um, hundred dollar credit to the spa. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's five hundred dollars, two hundred and fifty. It depends. Um, but people are uh, well compensated, and it's a, it's a great little thing. I've done it twice. Uh, the, uh, the the ballot thing. I I didn't win, but. I'm kind of glad I didn't, because we uh, we had to do silly dances, and Mm. they they also, one of them, they recorded it for their website, and I'm like, no.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, no. I'm not going to be shown dancing on camera. (laughs) Sorry, vacation impossible. Although, actually, um, I believe uh, on one of the ships, there was the deck party that we went to. There was the deck party, and because I had been drinking, (laughs) and I was, you can actually see me dancing... On the deck
1: party, and you can also see Ray dancing on the deck party as well. A little bit, a little yeah, little little bit, but he is there and he's quite visible. And you, yeah. yeah, you go know, get a chuckle about what he does. I think it was on the Paradise. So I think yeah, it was you the searched... Paradise, and you were doing, you were in the oh conga line, conga line. Was it, oh, it was the conga, conga line,
0: conga, conga, line, conga, conga line? That's yeah. right. And uh, just watch that episode. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So it it's called funny. Paradise Deck Party. Uh, should yeah. be pretty easy to find on YouTube. Uh, uh, under Vacation Impossible. So anyways, on that getting back to that initial cruise with Burton, I had all these reservations and every single last one of them was completely unfounded and generally went in the complete opposite direction like the food. Yeah. The food is fantastic and you can eat very very well. you know, inclusive of the price you've already paid. And I was completely blown away as, as a person who's traveled a lot and I've done a lot of road trips, a lot of like traditional fly to London type trips, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd never really done all inclusive before. So it was also my first experience with all inclusive Mm -hmm. and, um, it was just so stress free. Uh, it actually is. Yeah. So like normally I'm the guy who's got like his plan on his phone with multiple Excel files and word documents, itineraries and distance. I got the emails he forwards to me as confirmation. Packing lists, all sorts of things, confirmation Mm -hmm. codes, numbers, all that stuff. He plans everything. It's fantastic. It's easy. And, and And it's great, and I actually enjoy that process, but it can be frustrating sometimes when traveling with other people who don't avail themselves of that information. Um, yeah. You know, I've been on a couple of trips. I won't say where, and I won't say with whom, but where they were constantly asking me, you know, what's next? Where I had sent them the itinerary, and like on the trip, I went down. Uh, actually, Mindy had gone down and gotten copies printed. and We gave them to to other members. Of okay, the that team. wasn't me. Good. And uh, yeah. and and even when they when they had that, they were still constantly asking, what's next? What's next? What's next? No, and then they were questioning, me. why is that next? Why are we at that hotel? Why are we going to that attraction? As we are rushing to catch a train, mm-hmm. and so I found that really quite frustrating. And so, you you know, those sorts of things, it, once you're on the cruise ship, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. I've said this multiple times. Your biggest worry is, what am I going to eat next? Oh, no, I can't decide. Mm-hmm. Am I going to overeat? Those sorts of things. You know, booking excursions and all this kind of stuff. Everything's pretty much guaranteed to be a good time if you have the right attitude. Yep. Even when Hurricane Joaquin got in the way of us trying to get to Bermuda, we had a great time in the Virgin Islands. So... um Yeah, Uh, if you want to go back and watch that first trip, it was called Ray and Bert's Excellent Adventure. There's a playlist on uh, the Vacation Impossible YouTube uh, trip. And so you you can just kind of see it was a four-day sail out of Long Beach. It wasn't anything super impressive, but I was completely blown away. And thus far, it seems like I'm hooked for life. Yeah. So another question that Brad was asking is, um, how are we able to cruise as often as we are? I think probably this is directed at me um, because I did do six cruises in one year last year. So I want to break this down into two parts. One part is um, getting the time off of work is obviously a challenge. And the other part is cost. So getting the time off of work is going to really vary about your employment. Some people, like Mike, right now, you're sort of an on-call type position. I am. It's casual
1: auxiliary, so I find out my work the day before. I have to put a request in to get time off, and because we're short-staffed, that's usually denied. But I've only recently started working there, so I, I completely understand.
0: Yeah. And so in my work, I have some vacation time. Uh, we also have an option where we can work an additional half hour each day and then take one day off every three weeks. Uh, and so sort of a slightly, very slightly compressed work uh, period. So I maximized that. And, um, I also had carried forward about four vacation days from the previous year. So while I did manage six cruises in that one year, um, I couldn't do that every year by any means. Yeah. Uh, but it, so it was sort of figuring it out and spacing it out so that, you know, there were at least, uh, you know, at least three weeks between each cruise, if not longer, so that I could put those extra days in there as well. Mm -hmm. So the time off of work is going to really be specific to you, but you know, you're going to want to look at your vacation and any other time off rules that you have and read them very carefully to understand how to best maximize your time. Uh, but that will vary by position. Yeah. So I think the more universal part of the question is, uh, how are we able to afford it? So there's several parts to this. Part of it is the vast majority of the cruises we took were in the low season. So the easy way to understand high and low season is, our school aged children in school? If they are, that's the high season and it's going to be more expensive. We went in January, February, and April— uh, for the, for the three cruises you and I did at the beginning yeah. of 2016, that yeah. was half of the six right there. Those cruises were each five days long, so they weren't super long either. They, each one was a week. But we had to book them in the fact, cause when we did those cruises,
1: I was living in Toronto at the time. And the job that I had at that time, I had to book my vacation in October, the year prior. So I'd have to communicate with Ray to say, okay, give me dates that you want to do these cruises. And when October comes, I can see if I can I can book those days. And if I can't, then I book days that are very or weeks that are similar to the weeks that he wants. And thankfully I was able to get the exact weeks that, that he
0: wanted to take the cruise. And so that's how I was able to do it. And part of uh picking those times was basically just doing a search on Carnival's website yeah. and they naturally sort things by price. So um I am happy being on any ship going anywhere anytime yeah, <laughs> and that kind much. of flex that kind of flexibility helps a lot because then you can let price be your determinant if you you know if you don't have a lot of money for cruising um, do searches with you know pick all the months that will work for you, pick the duration that you want whatever um, but don't necessarily pick a ship or a destination, and then just kind of look at from the top look by price. And so then obviously you're going to go for the the less expensive cruise. And so that kind of flexibility really, uh, really pays off in terms of keeping the cost down. Uh, another thing is that, uh, having a variety of people you can cruise with is helpful because, um, for one thing, when I cruise with my family, uh, I'm paying for whoever is in my family that I'm coming with. And that obviously can can be a little expensive. And, uh, you know, um, their schedules aren't as flexible and their choices... They might be a little bit. They might have stronger feelings about where they go. They still enjoy being on a ship any time, but they might advocate for I want to go to Montego Bay or wherever on a particular cruise. And so I try to factor that in. When I took my mother on a cruise, I let her pick anywhere that Carnival sailed, and she picked Bermuda, which was towards the higher end of the cost spectrum. Um, but that was part of the idea; is I didn't want her to choose just the cheapest thing, since it was going to be sort of a one time deal, and it was supposed to be a special present. But that took a while to pay off. As a result, yeah.
1: But you you always make payments before. You cruise, right? You, you'll figure out from whoever wants to go with you, okay, this is what we're doing, this is what we're going to do it, and you start making payments right then and there. And you put a little bit down each week or each month or whatever, and it brings the final payment down considerably less when you do come to making the total debt complete payment.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that's another part of the price factor, and you make a really good point here. Yeah. Being Canadian, we have to deal with mm-hmm. currency value fluctuations. Yeah. So if I see that the Canadian dollar is gaining in strength, therefore I need fewer Canadian dollars to buy an equal amount of American dollars, mm-hmm. uh, then that is an advantageous time for me to go and make a payment uh, because then that'll go through at maybe 1.25% instead of one36 and so that payment just got 11% cheaper if you look at it in that particular way so if you book well in advance you also you get the early saver program and you can take advantage of price drops uh mm. and that can help as well but it also gives you time to only make your payments when the currency is hopefully more favorable uh and so that's that's part of how i drive that if i see in the news that you know uh, the, the the us dollar has lost value then I'll go and I'll make a twenty five, fifty hundred dollar payment at that time because I know the currency conversion will be favorable for me. If I hear the opposite, that the Canadian dollar has recently tanked on a on a jobs report or something, then I know now is not the time to make a payment. And so I'll save my money until the time comes. So I give myself that additional flexibility. So that's more of a Canadian cruiser tip, but it's an important one because it can change the, the cost of your cruise by oh, considerably. 10 yeah. to 15% or more, yeah. depending on yeah. how much the currency fluctuates. It's a bit of a gamble, and that's why uh, making several payments kind of amortizes your risk over time. So that's, th- those are some of the key parts of it. Uh, we also remember to try to factor in flight costs when making the determination. Because if we save $100 by going out of Tampa instead of Miami, mm-hmm. but uh, Miami is a $200 cheaper plane ticket, we're actually losing money on that. Yeah. So you got to factor in approximate plane prices as well if you yeah. really want to maximize those travel dollars. One
1: yeah. of the things that we also do is when we go on a cruise, we fly down. Let's say if our cruise starts on a Monday... We'll fly down on a Saturday, stay in the ho- or actually Sunday. We'll fly down Sunday, stay in a hotel Sunday night. So that we'll make sure that we're there yeah. to board on the Monday. Some people, what they like to do is they like to fly down the same day as their cruise departs. You can do that, but you're also risking the chance of any delays that may occur. And we know how many delays occur with flights, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what other people do is they also like to, uh, well, I think... We've done this too, where we, we've taken a flight the same day we came back off a cruise, but we also like to stay an extra day. So we'll get off the cruise, we'll go get get our hotel, stay a night in the hotel, and we'll have an extra day wherever we are, and then we are nice and relaxed to fly back home the following day. Because if you, what was there not a time that we, uh, we were
0: cruising and we were delayed? Yep. It was the Paradise Sail in January of 2016. We were coming back to Tampa, and there were high winds. We had already had one of our ports uh, switched because high winds prevented us from tendering uh, at a place I'd never been before. the port was closed. And the port was closed. Miami. It was Miami. No, Tampa. It was was Tampa. It it was Tampa. Yeah, due to high winds. um, And so there was an industrial port that we were able to take shelter in on the Fantasy Class Paradise. However, uh, they didn't have the facilities for transferring of personnel or U.S. customs. So we weren't able to get off the ship. So they made an announcement and they did everything they could and they got us to to port as soon as they could, Um, but it was late. The ironic thing is, is there was a snowstorm, I believe, in Chicago or somewhere else that was disrupting travel across North America at the time. So our flights had been canceled anyways. Yeah. Um, and so that was, I suppose it was serendipity that way because we weren't forced to pay because we missed our flight or rescheduling the flight. That cost was, the our airline was rescheduling us anyways. But we did have to spend one night in an intercontinental hotel, which yeah. we got, um, there's something called the distressed uh, passenger um Process that most airlines have, and depending on what the cause of your distress is, uh, they may completely compensate a hotel one hundred percent, or they could give you a discount. They so- gave us a discount because because there, it was a snowstorm. And they. They can't predict snowstorms. Exactly. So it was sort of an at cost thing. So an in intercontinental, it was a very nice facility, but only eighty dollars. It would have probably cost us uh, at least one hundred and twenty plus, maybe one hundred and forty well, plus, to yeah. stay there at a regular retail rate. So if you do find your flight's been disrupted, whether it's due to the airline's negligence or choice, or mother nature, or something else, ask about the distressed traveler process. They might just hand you a piece of paper, and say, "Call this number for assistance." When they do that, that means you're probably getting that that at-cost rate, which is still going to be very favorable. Uh, or if it's something that they've done, they might hand over a voucher and say, this is the hotel you go to, call, tell them you're a distressed traveler with Delta or whoever it is, and the process will work. I had that happen to me in Minneapolis, St. Paul once. Uh, a pilot decided to ground the plane, um, not because of weather uh, or a mechanical issue, but they they thought the weather was going to turn. Mm-hmm. And it turned out not to, but regardless of that, it was a pilot decision. Uh, and so because of that, they compensated us completely. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, it took a lot of complaining, though, mm-hmm. to get that. It's worth noting. So, um, but yeah, I'd, I've only flown in day of once before, and that was on the $24 cruise. Oh, yes. Uh, and Check that video out. That was that was just because I was flying from Vancouver to LAX, and so it was a pretty short flight. and I was trying to minimize my costs on that very last minute trip because uh, I wanted to see how cheaply I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only time I've done it. I wouldn't do it for any any travel. Further than that, honestly, I don't know if I'd do it again, even Vancouver to L.A., uh, just because of those concerns. But that's sort of the key to how are you able to go as often as you are. If you have a variety of people you can travel with, when I travel with Mike, I only have to pay for myself. Uh, And so that obviously helps me. And then, you know, I'll travel with Sam and only pay for myself. And so I'm not, uh, you know, draining the bank account that way. Uh, and as well, having a variety of traveling companions means there are more dates available and you let price drive where you go. You keep an open mind and say, I'm going to have a good time wherever I go if I'm on any ship. Yeah. If that's your basis of operation, then let price drive everything else. You can go more often and you'll have a great time and you might end up in a in a fantastic surprise place you've never been before.
1: Yeah, but just make sure that when you do book your cruise, do some research, uh, not only about the cruise itself, but also about the ports that it's going to. Uh, find out uh, what is available at the port. Are you going to an industrial uh, port where there's only little strip malls around around the port area, or other are activities that you can do? Mm-hmm. Uh, but make sure that if you do an activity or an excursion, do it via the cruise and mm-hmm. not outside, because that's in, but that's in another. Podcaster, Yeah, we've covered something. that before, the yeah, danger yeah. of
0: being left behind yeah. um, and also the risks of, you know, getting into a gypsy cab or something like yeah. that. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, absolutely. You make a really good point there. So if you're going to, say, Grand Turk, uh, then there's a beach right next to the pier. You yeah. can just go to that. You don't necessarily have to book a paid excursion. No. Uh, and so, you know, if you can kind of understand which ports you can do that at and which you don't. One thing I like to do when I'm in a port, and this really, I think is a big part of keeping costs down. Uh, I call it the two feet in a heartbeat approach where I get off the ship and I walk around. I might download a little map onto my phone or something, a little you know, screenshot of Google earth or something. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just walk around and see what I can find and I'll go with really low expectations. And so if I find a free beach, I'm going to be super excited about that. Or if I find a great restaurant or a great store or a performance or whatever going on, yeah. um, you know, I'm just I'm just happy if I can go and like maybe I need mouthwash because I ran out. I'm just happy if I can find a you know a, a grocery store and get some mouthwash. And everything else is a bonus on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that can be really a great way to discover an area. Yeah, and so make sure you do your research though. Check
1: out each port. Uh, Google each port. Uh, actually, print out or even just view a map of the area to make sure because you got you, you really got to watch out for very suspicious people. You no know, matter where you go, there's always that one person or that few people that are suspicious and that can really turn your trip into a stressful event and you don't want that.
0: So come prepared. Research and also, uh, we're here as a resource. We've got we've got videos. We're active on CruiseCritic.com. Uh, you can email us. You can contact us through Twitter and a variety of other ways. If it's somewhere we've been before, we may or may not have advice for you. Uh, and it, and it might be like Freeport, which is simple. Like if you say I'm going to Freeport, I would say. Don't expect to find things at the port. It's industrial. There's like a couple of huts that'll try to sell you t-shirts. There's nothing else there. So if you want to go to Freeport, either plan to basically stay on the ship or book a carnival excursion. Uh, And we've had some issues where like the cab, security had to chase away uh, a gypsy cab when we were at Freeport. So you know those sorts of things we're we're a resource and so if we if we've been there we're happy to help answer any questions that we can uh and um yeah cruise critic and other uh, other places are fantastic uh resources mm-hmm. for finding out about absolutely um, what's at a port but don't necessarily completely knock off the possibility of just going and and, and doing things there just don't I would say don't do anything that has transportation involved because you might not get back to the ship in time. Yeah. But like we went to St. Thomas and there's the tram that we were able to walk through, walk to and take. Mm-hmm. There was the butterfly thing which I wasn't that into but I know Mindy really enjoyed. And those are just things we saw You know, uh, when we're in Cozumel, we might just go to the Hard Rock Cafe and stuff that's local. Uh, There's Tacos del Sol in Ensenada. There's a lot of uh, local things. When I was in Mazatlan, I was on a carnival excursion to El Cid, and then a guy on the beach with a boat said, hey, you want a parasail for $40? And that is easily one of the best experiences of my life. So stay open to those things. But if it's anything that's going to take you far away from where you are, I think that's where the doubt really should enter your mind because you might not get back in time and that ship will not wait for you Yes, if it's not a carnival excursion. If it's not a
1: carnival excursion, they will not wait. If it is, they
0: will wait for you. So uh, another topic we wanted to talk about is border crossings. Mike, how did you oh, yes. find the border crossing on this trip? <laughs> so uh, before
1: I even moved back to BC, uh, Bert, you as well uh, actually a few other people have told me to get Nexus I keep delaying it I, either I forget about it or I just oh, I'll do it later no no big deal we it wasn't that much of a it wasn't really that long of a wait compared to what real border times are like but it was it was a 50 almost an hour wait mm-hmm. uh, and just sitting there in the rows of traffic or the cars and seeing the Nexus line completely empty one car going by every 10 seconds <laughs> Zoom. Whizzing by, whizzing by. It's
0: front of the line service, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And
1: every single car didn't have to wait in the Nexus line. They were right up to the agent. And so, yeah. Um, if you haven't already got it, recommend getting Nexus, uh, which I will be working on
0: tonight or in the next day or two. Nexus is a program under the banner called Trusted Traveler Programs. There's Nexus, there's Sentry, and there's TSA PreCheck. So. I don't know much about Sentry. I believe that's for the Mexican border. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nexus is the Canadian-U.S. agreement where you can get basically a card. I call it the super passport, (laughs) um, where you go up to the land crossing, you wave it in front of a reader, uh, and there's like a counter, and it goes up by one every time it reads a card. And then when you go up to the border guard, they've already got all the information on you on the screen. Part of the nexus application process is you give them a lot of information about yourself where you live your employment history more than you would give for a simple passport so they can do a more in-depth background check and so they know who you are and then they have a higher level of trust they take a retinal scan and they take your fingerprints so they have all this information that increases their confidence in you uh, and, and your your information trustworthiness so that when you get up to that border guard in the nexus lane they might ask one two maybe three questions maximum and that's probably if they're convers- conversationally curious it's mm-hmm. so normally where are you going today or whatever it's really quite simple and, it, and it's a very fast respectful process and i find that it's it's uh, it's less stressful because when you get up to the standard border guard it feels a bit more like an interrogation when we were crossing one yeah. of the questions the border guard asked us is how do you know each other which when you use the Nexus lane, everyone in the vehicle must have the Nexus card or you have to use the regular lane. So they'll already know those interrelationships. But because we were just using our passports, they didn't. And they wanted to understand, you know, uh, am I a mentally incapacitated person that he's kidnapping? They don't know. They have to ask you questions to rule out these very legitimate concerns. And so they said, how do you know each other? And I honestly said that you were a DJ at a function I was at, which is true. But you've known Mindy for years. And so we're trying To get this message across, because we don't want to lie, but we don't want to complicate the situation either. Um, And so, honestly, I think when we rolled up there, they they thought we were a couple. And then when I started talking about other, you know, uh, uh, my partner and other stuff, they were like, "They." I think it confounded their expectations. I honestly don't know, but that made the uh, the interaction take longer. And it felt a little bit more adversarial and challenging. Yeah. Why are you going to Seattle? Well, you wanted to, you know, you said uh, you wanted to I've see only the Space been once Needle.
1: Space Needle, do touristy things.
0: And he says, yeah. "What else?" And I'm like, "Shopping." He's like, "What else?" And so it, he kept, you know, sort of pushing. Whereas in the Nexus lane, you don't generally get that. Yeah. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons to do that. Nexus also includes TSA pre So if you want to talk like subcategories. Trusted Traveler is a bunch of stuff. Under that, included in that is Nexus, and included in Nexus is TSA PreCheck. So TSA PreCheck is something that Americans can get independent of Nexus and the other things, where you um, go to a different lineup at the airport if it's (coughs) equipped for it. And in that other lineup, you can keep your shoes on, you can keep your tablet or your laptop in your bag. You can keep your liquids in the bag, even though you're still subject to the same limitations of size. But you don't have to take all that stuff out, and it goes faster. Do you still take your shoes off, though? No. You no. keep your shoes mm-hmm. on. You okay. can you know. Uh, and and the other thing is, is I like to think that if you have TSA pre check or Nexus or or whatever, I mean, you've traveled enough because otherwise, you know, is it worth it to spend the fifty hundred dollars, whatever it is? Yeah. Um, and so you 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 know what to do. You know not to have coin in your pockets and things like that. You're you're uh, you know you're maybe not a professional traveler, but you're like a level two experienced traveler, and so everyone benefits from them acknowledging that and that process going faster. It's so much smoother and so stress free. But it doesn't always work yeah. great. Like, I remember, I think it was in Jacksonville. I waited half oh. an hour for you. I had Nexus and TSA PreCheck. You went oh. through regular. I was waiting yeah. half an hour. But I was uh, traveling, coming back from Hawaii with Mindy. And because of her name change, there were some complications where they didn't give her her TSA PreCheck, even though she had Nexus. So she, she has a different name on her passport compared to Nexus? Um, yeah, she changed her name and she had updated it electronically, but the okay. card hadn't been updated. Okay. Her passport had, but the Nexus card hadn't, and so that created a problem. Regardless of the cause, she was forced to go through the regular lineup, but for whatever reason, at the Honolulu airport, the regular line went faster than the Nexus TSA line. So she had to wait 20 minutes for me and Julian. Wow. Even though we had TSA pre-check. And the last time, when I traveled to and from the Mario Marathon, traveling through uh, uh, Chicago- Indianapolis and Calgary. In all three of those situations, my Nexus meant absolutely nothing. I was stuck in the regular security line where I had to take off my shoes and everything else. Nothing was accelerated, and I didn't receive any of those benefits. So it can be a little hit or miss, and I don't know why. Re- arriving into Vancouver, you totally get the benefits. So in, in that trip, getting home and when I initially left Vancouver, that was the only place where I where uh, I was able to. So maybe maybe do Nexus that. is
1: only. A program in certain airports it must be
0: well the thing is i've been through um chicago before with my tsa pre-check and it was totally different so i don't know if rules are tightening i know that within the u.s there's a lot of concerns about immigration and various travel bans and things of that nature uh and also there have been concerns about uh, devices larger than a smartphone having to be taken out and scanned separately for the i don't i want to say for the record But it's basically based on my experience Um, The TSA pre-check, however It doesn't seem to be subject to that rule They didn't make me take out my tablet I told them I had it They said, keep it in your bag so, uh, and that's after that rule came in. So I think that's for non TSA pre-check, but it's one of those, your, your mileage may vary, but for a 50 or a hundred dollar thing, it's consistently good at land crossings. It's just at the airports, it, it can be hit or miss, but it's, it's nice when it works. Yeah. So I still think yeah. I, I was debating whether or not to renew my nexus cause it's up for expiry soon. And, uh, just this experience and some other things recently I've decided, you know, I think I will renew it. I think I do, you know, I will get enough benefit out of it. I do recommend it. Yeah. Um Can we answer all of Brad's questions. Uh yeah, I think so and if not come back to us. Um you know, I think he did mention that, that, uh, that we're sort of uh, younger uh, people. We're in our 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing is, is that there's tons of people in our age ba- uh, bracket that are cruising and yep. even, even younger. Mm-hmm. My first cruise, that, that first cruise I went on with Burton, it was, uh, it was not a cheap one. It was actually, if you look at the per person per day cost, I think one of the most expensive cruises I've ever been on um, because it was on spring break. And oh. so that was in the high season, and nice. so we had a bunch of what "How I Met Your Mother" would call "woo" girls on the ship, <laughs> and so like, Serenity was uh, kind of a a mis- misnomer at best on that sailing because uh, it's called Serenity, and everyone out there was like, "Woo, I'm getting so drunk and stuff," and so it wasn't it, Serenity. It, yeah, it was it was louder than like what you might consider the family or kiddie pools. Like the kids weren't as loud as the as the drunk college kids on spring break, college fest. That's what it was. Yeah, and I mean they were they were mostly okay. It was fine. They were having fun, but they were louder and more obnoxious. And so, ironically, the serenity area was worse. And so, I know the carnival. I think on the conquest class has recently, um, sort of like broken down the rules about serenity and they were allowing kids out there and i know i saw a lot of people on the internet and facebook losing their minds oh no there's gonna be kids running around everywhere and hey i understand that concern but uh i just think back to that first cruise and i'm like yeah you know what kids not 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 so bad necessarily (laughs) i mean it depends on the kid on 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 my last sailing on the legend to hawaii i saw a kid grab a, a beer uh, that admittedly, that someone had left unattended, but they grabbed a beer and then poured it into the pool, and the parents nice. saw this and basically said nothing and did nothing about it. Um, mm. and so that was that, well, actually, that was frustrating to watch. Know, it may be frustrating, but I'd, I'd rather have
1: beer poured into a pool than you know other things that are let into a pool. To be honest, with you.
0: <laughs> fair enough, especially yeah. when kids are involved. Yeah, yeah. So, um, another topic that we were wanting to talk about is is long drives. Oh, yes.
1: Long drives. Okay, I love to drive. I, I love road trips. Uh, the only downside is, is that it can be very uh, fatigued. Uh, it's good to have uh, rest stops. Just drive for a couple hours, pull over, have a coffee, whatever, stretch your legs, every couple hours, it's it's nice. Uh, make make sure that your vehicle is in top-notch condition before making the drive, because you don't want to go halfway down the highway and find out that you have a blown tire. Well, even a blown tire can happen at any, at any time anyways, but any type of mechanical issue with your vehicle, you want to make sure that's resolved before you take the trip. So that way you can get to your destination safely, as well as uh, keeping other road users safe as well.
0: Yeah, I think anything where you're going to drive in one direction for more than a day, you definitely like, um, you know, hopefully it's, you want to have your regular oil change and you go to a place that hopefully does a mechanical inspection at the time of the oil change. And so you do that, uh, you know, with the regular consistency of an oil change and you should probably be fine. But uh, Mindy and I ran into a problem one time where we were driving down the I-5, we were near Marysville, I believe, and the alternator went out. And we didn't know that at the time. All we knew is that the electronics seized up, the radio shut down and the dials weren't moving. Uh and so, you know, we got off and we you know, we were able to get to the Taco Bell near Bellas Fair, uh but there's no Wi Fi there and there was a, a an auto glass or something uh an apple auto i don't know what it was across the street uh and so we were able to uh, get some of their help um to get it to a service station the service station said that it was going to take they were fully booked for the most part they were able to diagnose the problem but not correct it until the next day we had to get back for work it was just supposed to be a quick u.s trip you know with nexus you run across the border you know uh oftentimes we'll be going down just to go have dinner at red lobster you know mm-hmm. the, the border guard where are you go and red lobster is like, yeah. Uh, In the Nexus lane. So anyways, we we had a problem there where the the alternator wasn't charging. So all that the service station was able to do was give us one full charge on the battery and then basically send us home because we both had work the next day. So we're going along using as little electronics as possible. We're not using any air conditioning. The radio's off. Uh, We waited until the last moment to go from DRLs to proper headlights as it was getting dark. And so we were approaching the border uh, and we actually got um pulled into uh, secondary. Oh. And so, oh. We, you know, we got we got up there and this was bef- actually this was before we had Nexus. Uh so we're up at the regular lane and they're asking us the questions and we had purchased something and they had some questions about it. They wanted us to go into secondary to have a conversation. And this is the only time I've been sent to secondary in our vehicle. I went one other time with Sam, which is a separate story for another day. Mm-hmm. Um but basically, when we pulled into secondary, we didn't turn off the car. It just died. Um, and wow. so we went in and we spoke to the people at secondary. And there was a whole situation about the thing we purchased. That's another story for another day. It was kind of frustrating. Um, but after that was resolved, the border guard was very nice. and They brought out a portable charging unit. And they gave us they gave us a jump and a little bit of a charge so that we had enough energy to get the car home okay good and so eventually we when the
1: car's running it should charge them. well good
0: well no because the alternator was the dying, alternator dying. Uh, so like our headlights were very dim uh, we stayed on major roads we obviously obeyed the speed limit and we were just hyper aware of uh, what was going on around us and we were able to eventually get the alternator fixed after a couple of rounds with Canadian Tire which is another story uh, but the point got stories yeah well, I got stories on stories on stories yeah but uh, the point is is that uh, had I think we done a better job of keeping up to uh, up to uh, date with the maintenance so the vehicle we would have known about that problem in advance yeah uh through a diagnostic so and it's always
1: make sure that when you are driving it's not yeah you, you got to worry about yourself but you got to worry about other users of the road too make sure that you're alert at all times be aware of what's around you check your blind spots make sure that you're in the proper lane make sure that you're doing the proper speed um but most definitely watch out for other drivers okay you may be a good driver but what about everyone else so just alertness safe driving, and rest stops, stretch your legs, be alert at all times. If you get fatigued, find a hotel and
0: just sleep the night. Yeah, and uh, fatigue is actually sort of a general question. Uh, uh, the question is, how do you deal with travel fatigue generally? Yeah. Because tr- like travel days where you're taking three airplanes to get to the Mario Marathon, yeah. for example, those can be quite draining. So um, one thing I think that helps with travel fatigue is having a good solid plan to begin with. Because there's nothing like, you know, getting off your third airplane of the day and not having a plan of how you're going to get to your, air, your 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 hotel. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe you'll, you'll take an Uber, maybe you'll take a taxi, maybe whatever, but are you going to know where to go for that and, and what, what are the appropriate costs and, and things like that? Mm-hmm. I, I find that having a good solid plan, having the information at your fingertips, really helps when you're tired. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's that line at the beginning of Die Hard, the original Die Hard movie, where the guy is talking about, um, you know, he says, Do you want to know the secret to surviving air travel? And he says, when you get to your hotel, wherever you're going, take your shoes and socks off and make fists with your toes on the carpet. He says, yeah, I know it sounds crazy. And, uh, you know, I I am a big fan of that movie. And so, I I, you know, I think it was when I was in LAX at the West End. I was like, and I had a day to kill. It was great. I had a hotel and a day to kill and nothing planned. I spent a a lot of time eating Taco Bell that day. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was like, you know, I'm going to try that out. And I don't know if it I don't know if it does anything for circulation or if there's any biochemical stuff going on. But I think the tactile just nature of doing that, I find to be, I don't know, relaxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that trick, I say, why not? Hey, if it's a placebo effect, who cares if it makes you feel better and costs you nothing? So so give that kind of thing a try. Um And so there's, there's a lot of things you can deal with, uh, uh, travel fatigue, you know, you can have caffeinated beverages and things like that when you're on the aircraft or in the, uh, train or whatever you're on. So, um, and again, wherever possible, take those moments to hit a rest stop or whatever to try and uh, try and address the travel fatigue, um, and I think that having things that kind of take you out of the moment help. If you're just sitting there on that airplane and thinking every minute about how long this flight is or whatever, it's going to take forever. And you're going to increase your anxiety. Yeah. Whereas if you've got a funny show or some calm music or a podcast, Getting like the Vacation Impossible podcast downloaded to Google Music before you go, and then you can listen to us on your airplane might be a great idea. Uh, I like also to listen to the CU podcast, the Completely Unnecessary podcast, or Andrew Matthews podcast, um, those sorts of things. I love listening to podcasts on airplanes because it's calming, and it really takes me out of the experience of being on an aircraft. I yeah. feel like I'm in the room with the people who are talking, and that makes the time fly by. Yeah. Pardon the pun. So I think a lot of things like that, a TV show, something funny, something lighthearted, or maybe something like an Aaron Sorkin drama that really draws you in. Um, I, I've always said my goal when I travel is that the people around me don't even know I'm there. And so bringing my own entertainment with earbuds and just listening or watching my little show and keeping to myself, I think goes a long way. Um, because also if you're not frustrating people around you, you're not having these negative social interactions that stress you out. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not thinking, God, that jerk on the plane, you know, you 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 can those those things add to the 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 strain and yeah. you know you got to remember to eat uh, airplane food is not the best but yeah. um, you know looking like think about your glucose levels and things but, things like that
1: yeah try and eat healthy food so that way the, some of the foods that do cause fatigue you know makes you tired and you know feel full try to avoid those try to find, eat foods that you know give you energy and you know keep you alert that definitely helps. Yeah,
0: if if at all possible. Um, yeah, I find uh, choosing the free beverage you get on the plane is really helpful. Yeah. I think that if it's early in a journey or if I'm feeling tired a caffeinated, a Coke or a Pepsi is fantastic. If I'm not feeling that way, I find a ginger ale is good because it keeps my stomach calm. Mm-hmm. So those are just uh, little things you can do. Bring gum for when you're taking off and landing so that you can help your ears pop. Because it's nothing like landing and not being able to hear things. That is... Yes. Hugely problematic. Um, and also bringing some Tums so that you're not fighting stomach acid without a, a convenient way of dealing with it. Things like that. Those can really, really help. A little bit of preparation goes a really long way, I think, in preventing travel fatigue. And, and also, if you're you on a plane,
1: I, what, what I i went to Europe in 2015 and I had a travel pillow. So it's just basically something the wraps around your neck and you can lean back and it's actually quite comfortable. Man, that I'm helping your.
0: I wish those worked for me. I can't sleep on a plane to save my life. I, I can't either, but it helps me relax at least. There you go. That's, yeah. that's good. It's all about those I, comfort I've, things.
1: I, as I've explained in the other podcast, I'm not very comfortable when you see a wing flapping. Even though it's supposed to. But yeah. when, when the wind's doing this, no, <laughs> no, no, it, no it, it's very unnerving.
0: Yeah, yeah. But don't. And I mean, this is just a me thing, personal preference. Don't take your shoes off on the aircraft. No, please don't take your it's shoes. Weird. off. It's no. weird. I mean, I, I can make a smell joke here. I'm not yeah. gonna. It's just weird. There have been times where I've looked over, and there's been uh, a a a foot with a wearing a sock, but no shoe, suddenly on my armrest from the row behind me, yeah. or poking through under my seat below, yeah. and it's just weird. Please don't do that. Yeah, leave leave your shoes on them. Please leave your socks on.
1: Don't take your shoes and socks off.
0: I have seen people do that. Oh, I have.
1: I've seen it too. And
0: it's, it's, no. Yeah. So um, one question that we're often asked is why are we loyal to Carnival as Mm. our only company that we cruise with? Um, And so my answer to that is, uh, I I call it incrementalism and um, focusing your resources. And here, here's what I mean incrementalism is when I first went on my very first road trip, I stayed at a Motel 6, actually here in Seattle on Military Road, South Seattle Motel 6. It was the first hotel I booked and paid for myself with John on our very first road trip that was just us. Uh, And um, I was amazed. I'm like, oh, my God, there's free soap. (laughs) It was like (laughs) a bar soap. And I'm like, it's great. Oh, my God, there's a bed. Like, of course, you expect it. But uh, it was just I, I took a lot of joy in every little part of it. Mm -hmm. And so I I think I fully enjoyed my Motel 6 experience. I remember... Loving the pool in the Motel 6 in uh, Tigard, which is a suburb of uh, Portland, I believe, uh, you know, on, on season five when we were on that trip. So I really enjoyed that. And then, like, slowly moving your way up, going to, like, travel lodges. The travel lodge Edmonton West had a water slide. Blew my mind. Um, and, and so just going up and then, you know, going into the Hilton properties and then further on into Hyatt's and other things. I can enjoy each step in that. But after being spoiled, probably rotten by Hilton after the last several years, since 2010 or so, I've been staying at Hilton's a lot more once I got in the H honors program. And, uh, I stayed there twice in London and they just, they were so lovely, um, versus other places I've been in Europe, like best Westerns, which is another story. Um, you know, but if I were to go back to a motel six now, I don't think I'd have that sense of wonder and appreciation. And so, I think I would still probably see the positives but I still think it would be like well the soap isn't as good as the Hilton soap and I think I'd be I'd be a little too aware of that and so maybe the higher priced lines they might be better I acknowledge that that's a possibility I don't know I haven't taken them yeah. but for me I want to fully enjoy and I'm not like I was getting a little sick of Motel 6's when I started to move up um, with with the cruises Carnival seems so fantastic and I've spoken to people who have gone with other cruise lines and I've heard some bizarre things um, like someone who went on, I, I forget, uh, I think it might've been Norwegian. Uh, I, I, I don't remember the line. They went on another line, Royal Car- Caribbean perhaps. And they said that the food wasn't nearly as good as carnivals, even yeah. though they paid a substantial premium to go on this other line. And the only reason they did was because the timing worked out. They, they wanted to go to Alaska from Vancouver and not the two times it happens mm-hmm. with carnival. Um, they came back and they said, I'm never sailing that, that, that group again. It was a little fancier, but the food wasn't as good. Um, and I had this conversation, I think I've relayed this on the podcast before with somebody. They came up to me and says, oh, I heard you're into cruising. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally into it. And they said, well, who do you cruise with? I'm like, carnival. And they're like, oh. And like, like their back got a little stiffer and their nose headed to to the sky a little bit. And they're looking like they were literally looking down their nose at me. And they're like, oh, they're. They're all about, what is it, fun? Fun's their thing, right? I'm like, yeah, it's the fun really? ships. And, it's fun. You know, yeah. uh, and, his, and, and, and this person was like, oh, it's not really my thing. I don't understand how you can be anti-fun. I've probably yeah. ranted about this on the podcast before, so I won't go too in-depth into it. I've been thinking about this, though. What is there other than fun that's a goal in life? Maybe you define fun differently. But isn't fun always a good thing? Yeah, I, I would think it is. Yeah. And so the best I can come up with is they don't think that it's relaxing enough. Maybe they think it's too high energy, too much music, too much excitement, too much going on. Maybe yeah, they th- wish it was a little calmer. Because honestly, when I'm on my balcony, I'm listening to some calm music, I'm watching a show. I've created a calm, quiet space but for myself that, that I any- can't on Lido so easily. But wouldn't that be in any cruise ship,
1: though? Every cruise ship you go on, you're gonna have their, do they not have a piano bar? Do they not have some sort of like... Uh, entertainment venue within the cruise ship that they can go to? It's the same thing, is it not?
0: Yeah, my theory is, and I could be wrong about this again, I've only ever sailed Carnival, is that like on the open decks, like I, there have been the odd time where I was on a fantasy class, uh, possibly even on our sailings, where I really just wanted to sit, and what I love doing is uh, getting in one of those um, those chairs, those those loungers, loungers um, yeah, and being in the shade. But having a nice view of the ocean and listening to a podcast or some of my own music, and there've been a couple of times on fantasy classes where there's no balconies or virtually no balconies because there's mm-hmm. so few they sell out they're so expensive yeah. um, that I want to go have that experience. And sometimes it's hard to find. Maybe I can't get in the Serenity because everything is taken up and it's very busy. Or whatever. And so there's music playing on Lido everywhere. And they're having a hairy chest contest or a ladies dancing contest or whatever. They're ice carving, you know, Groove groove for St. Jude, deck party. I can name tons of things that they're doing constantly. Uh, You know, sail away party. All on Lido deck where they're playing loud music. And so maybe there's a certain type of personality that likes to cruise that you know finds that disruptive. And, mm-hmm. and and I was sort of in that mental space a couple of times where I'm like, I just want to find a quiet place to you know do my thing, lay on the lay yeah. on the lounger in the shade. And and maybe and I, could, there I, I were, couldn't find
1: it. Maybe there are other cruise ships that have more plentiful options
0: for quiet, relaxing spots. Maybe we don't. You know. But for us, Carnival. Well, for me. Uh, carnival has the biggest fleet with 25 ships. Disney has like three or four ships. Are you kidding me? So there's going to be more flexibility of sailings. It can be more flexibility and variety of price and opportunities for destinations and things like that. They're the largest company. So they're going to have the most experience, the most data to pull from the most people to listen to just tons of good reasons to go with the big dog. And you know, I've heard carnival be called the Walmart of cruising. And I find that offensive for a couple of reasons because I've heard that there are racial and economic tones to that. I won't get into that. Um, And I understand where they're coming from simply because it is generally the cheapest option. Yeah. But that allows me to go more often. And I have met fantastic people. Uh, I've, I've never, I've almost never thought to myself, wow, I can't believe I'm on the ghetto of cruising or whatever the hell people think that it is. Uh, its it has been nothing but lovely, uh, for me. And so maybe one day I will tire of it and I might want to try something else. The other half that I was mentioning is focusing my resources. That is about leveling up in the loyalty program. Mm-hmm. If I were to take a cruise on this company and that company, that company, that company, I'd be spreading myself around and I wouldn't be getting up in the higher level of loyalty. Yeah. And my goal was to hit platinum to get the free laundry. Yeah. So um, now that I have that, I do hear that the MSC cruise line will honor the perks of other loyalty programs that, you, that you're at. Okay. So I would be willing to consider an MSC cruise to see what their version of a platinum treatment looks like. And are they in Canada? Do they, they, Honestly, I haven't looked at them very much. I, I thought MSC would
1: be like Europe area.
0: Uh, I think some. I know that I've seen some MSC ships sail out of Florida. Oh, okay. Um, So I I honestly haven't looked into it that in depth. Honestly, I expect Sam to try and sell me on that uh, because he's often the one who's just kind of peering over the corner of the the curtain and be like, "Well, what's Norwegian got? I don't know. Every now and then he'll try to sell me on it a little bit to try something new. (laughs) Hey, credit to Sam for having an adventurous spirit, but... I'm going with the proven formula. I know it works. Even when I have a bad spa experience and spa is a separate company from Carnival, when I contacted Carnival, they made it right. It was a small gesture, but it showed me what their values are. And that goes a long way with me. Uh, their service recovery, um, did what it needed to do, and so I can trust in them. It's the same with Hilton. I'm, I'm fairly loyal to Hilton because whenever something's gone wrong, even if I didn't, they didn't solve it on site, like with the ants in Tampa, yeah. when I contacted yeah. the corporate office, they made it right. And so I know that that structure is there to support me, whether it goes right or it goes wrong, yeah. and that is hugely important to me.
1: Yeah, and, and I always find that Carnival always compensates its, its passengers or its guests for... A lot of the delays, like for example, the delay we had with that medical emergency when we couldn 't go to jamaica mm-hmm. they even though we couldn 't go to Jamaica, they still compensated us and, and gave us a discount for our next cruise and they didn 't have to do that, but that was that was very generous of them, so it just goes to show what type of company they are. they really look after their guests
0: absolutely. Um and again, actually, that's part of how we are able to cruise so often is yeah. when those things happen. Yeah. the Jamaica thing, the Bermuda thing, both times I was offered a discount on a future cruise that I certainly utilized. Yeah, uh, and so that helps bring the cost down as well. Um, so yeah, I think those are good reasons to yeah wild I, to I, carnivals I, or anything. I else.
1: Uh, I was introduced to Carnival by by Ray. Uh, he took me on my first cruise uh, and uh, paying it forward. Yeah, I. I loved it. I I there was not a single moment where I regretted it. There was not a single moment where I'm like, "Hmm, what can I do? I'm I'm bored." I was never bored, you know, and not everyone's going to want to go to the piano bar. Not everyone's going to go to the club and dance the night away. Some people want to relax, you know, and it, Carnival offers that. It's there there's so much to do and there's a wide variety of activities for everybody. You know, uh you look at the fun guide, you know, you, you can go, you can go play bingo, you can go play chess, you know, you, you want a quiet area, they have a reading room, you can go in there and have a nice quiet reading. Mm-hmm. There are so many things to do. Yes, there are a lot of other carnival or a lot of other cruise ships out there that probably offer different perks, but I'm comfortable where I am right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for anything more fancy I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable and maybe I'll get tired of it later on, but right now. I think Carnival's great. They...
0: Well, and I don't know that we've even fully experienced everything Carnival has to offer. We have yet to go on the Vista. Oh yeah, it's a whole that's right. class of ship yeah. that none of us have been on. Yeah, and also, yeah, there's there's so many different classes of cruise ships mm-hmm. or uh, classes of ships within Carnival. Yeah, so far you've levels. only been on the Fantasy class only four times, four different Fantasy class ships, and yeah. uh, that's the smallest of the fleet. You have, you haven't you haven't seen anything yet. You haven't seen Dream class. It'll blow your mind. Dream is so good. Yeah, all the hot tubs on deck five of the Dream class is so awesome. Yeah, I yeah, I I am open to more levels of carnival cruise ships. Well, and and even then, I think you've had uh, you've had. Well, we did the. It was Porthole Chronicles, our first three cruises that uh, in twenty sixteen is what we called it. Yeah. Um, and I think we had was a, a an ocean view when we went to Ensenada. We did have an ocean view. yeah. So you haven't experienced an interior. Not that there's much special to it, but it gets no. nice and dark, obviously, when you want. Yeah. And I've um, not experienced a balcony either. Exactly, and there are so many kinds of balconies. Cove, to have balcony. regular, extended, accessible. There's so yeah. many different kinds of balconies, and none of us have taken a suite yet. Yeah. So I mean, if we had the money that we wanted to level up and try a higher, you know, cost cruise line, mm-hmm. maybe we'd just go see what a suite is like. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm still you know learning and experiencing what platinum is like. The platinum gift on the Legend to Hawaii was a Bluetooth speaker, which is awesome. Oh, um, and I mean, it can't there's this it, it can't be super loud, which is actually kind of good if you're going to use it in a cabin. Um, but it's it's really good. I really like it. Okay. Uh, and you know, and there's a lot of perks, so each level you go up, you get
1: perks every time you come on.
0: Exactly, and I've never been a diamond level, for example. And so who knows what it'll be like if and when I hit diamond. I believe it includes a personal uh greeting from the captain. Uh wow. I was I was I think I was on the Legend to Alaska, I think it was, and I was in the piano bar and Mindy and I were listening to the piano bar performer who was pretty good. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's a good guy. Um and the captain was walking by and saw a diamond cruiser and came in to personally say hello and shake his hand. Wow. And that just kind of blew my mind. I told Julian about it because I thought it was crazy. And for whatever reason, it stuck with Julian. Months later, he's like, I, I, we were talking about like, oh, are you, gonna make, are you in a rush to make diamond? And I'm like, I don't care. I got my laundry. I'm happy. I get my, you know, my chocolate strawberry delight thing and other things. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy. He's like, what about that visit from the captain, though? What about that personal greeting? So, like, I think he's fixated on that as being a really cool thing he wants to see happen. Yeah. And that would be kind of awesome. That is kind of cool, yeah. Uh, I would would love to convince a captain from Carnival to maybe, you know, do a quick little interview for the podcast. That would be nice. That would be great. Yeah, if there's any Carnival staff out there, please send us an email. Yeah, we'd be happy to hear from you. So, uh, I think we both really agree on that topic. So, I think we're going to move on to a topic that I think you and I are not going to agree on. Okay, and and that is seasickness. I've oh. I've I've spoken about seasickness in our balance yeah. a penny video, where I'm on uh, a fantasy class carnival vessel going to Ensenada at top speed, and I took a penny and I balanced it on end to prove how ship stable the ships can be. But that was in under optimal conditions. On the Paradise, for example, with the high oh, winds and other strange. times, we've been on some ships that were kind of moving around. It wasn't kind of moving around. It was literally <laughs> doing this the entire oh. I would pay extra for that I'm an amusement park roller coaster no, guy not. I had so much fun I had half the restaurant to myself uh, when I, I went everyone else was laying on the floor they yeah, were yeah. they they were glaring at me yeah. well, they, yeah, they not too. One, of, one of them sort of accused because he sounded angry uh, he accused me of being like a Navy guy. Because I was, I was, I was not only okay with it. I had a giant smile on my face. I couldn't contain my enjoyment, which I feel a little sorry because they're not well, and I'm having fun. But <laughs> here I am in the. I don't see why out. them not being well should minimize my fun. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to take advantage and fully enjoy what life happens to throw my way. But at the same time, I. I see all these things on Facebook and in other places, Twitter, what have you, where they're talking about, oh, all these seasickness treatments, and you've got to take it beforehand. And no. I'm a firm believer that you don't medicate until the problem exists. Exactly. But sometimes there's merit to preventative stuff. So uh, I have to ask someone who's actually suffered seasickness, because I never have. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, that would be me. What what, what what helped and maybe what didn't help? What would, you, what would you say do it? What are the do's and don't do's of when you're seasick? Uh, the... the, the
1: don'ts of seasick is eat don't eat not and, anything well
0: um, maybe like, rice cakes you can have like something dry what about what about because one of the recommendations they always make is either a peanut butter and jam sandwich or a green apple do you think either of those is a oh, good okay, idea a, a green apple for sure but peanut butter no okay well the joke about that is is that it tastes the same in both directions oh. so maybe they don't Jeez. really mean that one <laughs> I think I'm bringing back some oh. bad memories oh here, are like, you lately. ever thank you thank turn in a little pink yeah oh oh <laughs>
1: Oh, that was nasty. Um, yeah. Uh, I know that during my younger years, when I went on road trips with my dad, we used to drive from Toronto to Ottawa all the time. That was a five-hour drive. And I used to get motion sickness in the car quite a bit. And so I would take gravel. But I would take it when I'm on the road trip. I wouldn't take it before because it, to me it didn't really do anything. I I would have to start feeling sick in order to take gravel, and then I would casually, it, would do, it would slowly go away. And that's what I did when I was on the cruise ship, when we had rough waters. and I, I was getting motion sickness. I I, I believe I took some gravel, did I not? Did the, the, the I more. think maybe
0: yeah, you went to the fun yeah, shops and maybe fun, got something. Yeah,
1: and got something. But I, I actually started feeling better afterwards. But I drank lots of water. Mm. Uh, did I actually have a... I, I had an apple that night, I think. Uh, I think I suggested this, you try it. Yeah, yeah, I think I got one from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, the the restaurant, maybe. And uh, I had an apple, and I did feel better afterwards. But okay. uh, So the green apple does help. Yeah, the green apple does help, but also drinking lots of fluids. But don't um, drink water gulp. Just sip it. Sip it slowly. And also, uh, stale or uh, flat uh, ginger ale. Flat that, ginger ale. Flat ginger ale really helps me as well. I would have thought the bubbles would be helpful, no, but did they no. make it worse? It, it actually makes it worse. So what you need to do is you need to open up. If you have a bottle of ginger ale, open it up and let all the fizz out and drink Ginger ale,
0: flat. And again, it, it, it sip it. it. actually helps. And and sip it. Don't okay. gulp it down. Always sip. What about like a Sprite? Would that work as well? Or is it more like the ginger in the ginger ale it, it's, it's more the ginger in the ginger ale because Sprite okay. has sugar in it. And so does, so does ginger ale, but Not Sprite as much, more, has, more has ginger, uh, more
1: sugar. Whereas ginger ale has the ginger and the ginger really helps you with your motion sickness. Okay. Yeah. So that really helped me. But also taking Gravol... Um, Sometimes I've taken it beforehand I didn't really make a difference, but I, I took it when I was feeling sick and it helped.
0: I'm not big on medication whenever I can avoid it. If I can tough it out, I, I do much to the frustration of my friends and family when I'm not well because I still whine. But um, <laughs> as a result... A big baby when I'm sick. Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't find you to be too bad, but you were definitely like cocooned in the bed. I and, was and that cocooned was, and that I, was fine I just wanted to be me. left alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, the few times I've taken Graval, uh it's pretty much knocked me out. Did you find that the gravol does that to you? It, it, it does make you drowsy. Absolutely. Yeah. And also have, being able
1: to sleep and have a good sounding sleep while you're sick also helps too because it alleviates,
0: uh, I guess, the pain that you're feeling. Discomfort. Yeah. Discomfort. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. So... Um, Would would, but you would say that despite the seasickness, you would you would if you if you had to do that exact cruise over again, even though knowing you would get seasick, would you do that exact same thing again so you could experience the whole thing all over, start to finish? Absolutely, including the seasickness. Including the seasickness, but
1: however, I would also I would make sure I would be in a position on the ship where the motion is not as great. So we're talking midships. Midship. I'd I'd be closer to the midship, whether it be in the middle. But I would also be checking the weather conditions too. I would also research. For that whole week, okay, in this area, is, is meteorologists, are they thinking there's going to be high winds at that time, you know? Sometimes you can get accurate information, sometimes you can't. you got to, you know,
0: gamble a bit. I have some good news for you. Yeah. They've recently updated the Carnival Hub app to include a weather forecast for tomorrow. Wow, perfect. So you can go on the app and it will tell you what the weather's going to be like tomorrow at the destination or if it's a sea day at sea. Perfect. So that's, at least you yeah. get a, a day's you get a notice day's notice, way. Which is perfect, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, I, that was a recent, I think, upgrade because we didn't have it when we went to Alaska in May, but we did have it when we went to Hawaii in September. Yeah. And uh, we didn't use it that much because it wasn't too much of a concern. Uh, I think it might have been more than a day, come to think of it. I think it actually predicted for the whole sale and then it updated as you went. Because yeah. I remember there was a period where we were saying like oh, oh, for three of our port days it was going to be thunder showers, but then it, it changed and it yeah. ended up not being quite that way. We had a little bit of rain here and there, but it was yeah. fine. But I also find out my, my motion sickness
1: it depends on where I am, what I'm doing. Like, for example, if I'm at a theme park, if I'm on a roller coaster, if it's going upside down and twisting upside down, no way. Because that will ruin me for the entire day, regardless of what I have. If I have gravel or, or ginger ale, or whatever, it doesn't matter. But a little bit of uh, up and down on the, on the cruise ship with the waves, it's fine. As long as, it, as, long as it's not rough. Um, another example is uh, back in the day when I used to live in Vancouver, before I moved back to Toronto, my dad had a friend who had a sailboat and I used to go on the sailboat with him. And it, I maybe did it two or three times. And each time I was sick, I, I was sick the entire day. Nothing worked. And, and, and that was rough seas. And I, it was, yeah. So I, I find being on a bigger ship, the motion is not as bad. So I tend to recover quicker, but smaller ships and roller coasters, no, I, it, no, I'm, I'm so, done for the day. So
0: so we've got to stop taking you out on fantasy class. We've got to get you on the big dream class. Yes. And, and that'll be less of an yeah. issue. So, so where, I, where I can't really feel it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about from a mental standpoint? When you're suffering from seasickness, do you think it helps to try and get your mind off of it? Would it be good to try and go do an activity if you can? No. Uh, well, or, you, you know, you watch TV, listen to music? What, anything? What about the mental side?
1: Uh, the mental side is the, you try and clear your mind. Okay. Um, you, yeah, you... You try and clear your mind and you, uh, uh, cl- uh, keep the room dark, turn the lights out, you know, just rest, sleep, sit down, lay down. Uh, the best thing is for me is to lay down. I lay down and I, I turn the lights out and I clear my mind. I try not to think of anything. Um, yeah, I, I, probably could watch TV. It might take my mind off things, but even having TV with the, with the, uh, uh, visual. The visual glare and the, and the things moving on the TV and your eyes wandering, Right. that also tends to give me a headache when I'm, when I'm feeling motion sickness. So um, my suggestion is quiet, clear your mind, try to at least sips of water and or ginger ale,
0: That's fine. and turn the lights out. Yeah. Okay, so sort of almost like a meditative technique. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, you know, and I, I apologize to people who suffer from seasickness if I sound callous about it. But it, to me, it's like, what is it like to live on Mars? I have very little understanding. I mean, I've had food poisoning and, and, and things like that. But that's, a, that's about, uh, I think, as far as it's gone. I'm sure life will punish me at some point <laughs> uh, for this. It just, uh, it hasn't happened yet. So, um, anyways, uh, that's that's sort of our last topic. So, I think we'll be wrapping up the, uh, the podcast. I do apologize for us going so long without having a, uh, a new podcast. Out Uh, there were some health concerns and different issues going on with the team. Hopefully, most of those are uh, resolved or on the mend, and so we can start getting back to uh, uh, more regular podcasts. Do please check us out on our various social media platforms. Number one with a bullet is YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash vacation impossible. That's where the primary content we create is. That's where we started. We've been filming travel videos since 2001. We've been posting them on YouTube since 2006, I believe. Uh, and so that's, that's a big part of what we do and why we do it is we want to show you as much as possible the fun you could be having and ways to do it smarter, faster cheaper more often. Uh, so do please, if you're on, uh, YouTube, check us out. There's a lot of videos we've referenced in this podcast that, uh, we recommend checking out, uh, that uh, have tips or funny stories. Please, if you like the video, click that thumbs up. Uh, you know, if you have a comment, uh, or a question, that's a great place to do it. We respond pretty quickly on the YouTube comments, you know, when we're not traveling, of course. And, uh, if, if you want to subscribe to see future stuff that we're putting out, you know, travel tip videos, whatever you'd like, uh, that we really appreciate that support. Um, and, uh, that really does mean quite a lot to us. Uh, and of course there is this podcast. If you, uh, can subscribe to us on your uh, podcast platform of choice, we're on uh, Google music, Uh, or google play we're on itunes we're on stitcher we're on podbean Uh, there's a variety of different places you can find us if you have a podcast platform and you're having trouble finding us let us know so we can try and get indexed or you can go ahead and add our rss feed that's fantastic we appreciate that Uh, feel free to give us a positive review on your uh, your podcast platform of choice that means a lot to us and uh, email us if you have questions or suggestions um, you know, feedback or just to tell us that you hate our voices, whatever. <laughs> That's uh, team at vacationimpossible.ca We are on Tumblr. Uh, Tumblr.com every now and then I, I might write a bit of a blog entry. Uh, so there's some original content there. In fact, I'm going to be posting something soon about my philosophy of sea days. So stay tuned there. Uh, we also post some pictures there. We're on Instagram if you like the pictures. We're called Vacation Impossible there as well. Uh, and on this trip, we did some different videos that are posted there and nowhere else so there's a lot of value in following us there and again like and comment on the content that's a fantastic thing to do we are on twitter at vacay impossible just because of the character limit and uh, oftentimes we'll be tweeting about um, sometimes our travel adventures i find the second my vacation begins I'm surrounded by people doing weird and interesting and different things and saying different things. I don't know if I'm more aware of it or, like, my vacation mode attracts it. But, like, if I take the Skytrain, which is sort of the subway of Vancouver... Uh, and we have a recent video you can see on YouTube of yes. what it looks like. Uh, if I'm taking that just to get somewhere to go to an appointment or something, then nothing's happening, no one's talking, it's just a boring trip. If I'm going to catch a train, I'm going to be surrounded by people talking about crazy stuff or doing funny things. And so when that happens, we're going to be we tweet about that. And so that's some of the original content you can get there on Twitter. At Vacay Impossible, we're all over the place. We're up on, uh, you know, uh, we're posting things on Reddit a little bit. Uh, you know, we're uh, we're on Flickr. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we got yeah. photo sharing. Uh, we are uh, we're on Pinterest. We've got a board. Uh, whatever social media stuff you're on, I'm trying to figure out Snapchat. Um, not making a whole lot of progress, but the filters are fun. Uh, so we're Vacation Impossible on Snapchat. So uh, do please check us out and thank you so much for listening.
1: And also make sure on uh, Twitter, you want to spell out the vacay impossible.
0: Yes, it's V-A-C-A-Y impossible. Yeah. Vacay impossible because there's a character limit on the usernames.
1: Yeah. And also, if you have any emails or, or any questions or comments to any one of us, any one of the members of the team, please, by all means, ask us. We'll be more than happy to get back to you. We'll, uh, if you even have any uh, suggestions about where to go. hmm Want us to go to Europe, or you know, send us those suggestions, and we'll uh, we'll create some sort of plan, and we'll let you know when
0: and if we're able to do it. And if we are, then we'll do more podcasts about that. So, and uh, you know, also I personally have a couple of uh, Facebook groups. Uh, depending on what you're into, I've recently created a. Uh, travel Instagram pod group on Facebook. Which didn't exist before, by the way. Yeah, I created it because I went looking for it and it wasn't there. So it's people who share travel themed pictures and then we, uh, you know, we like and we comment on each other's pictures and drive interaction that way. It's also a great way to uh, discover, you know, new pictures to different travel destinations. Yeah. Uh, And so that's cool. I created a Carnival Cruisers, or Canadian Carnival Cruisers group on Facebook, because there wasn't one. I also created a medium YouTubers group. Uh, I'm in a couple of small YouTubers groups. There's a lot out there, but a lot of them are people really just starting out. And so the intention here is for YouTube creators who have at least 200 subscribers or 100,000 views. If you have either of those, you can join that group. And so it's a little, I think it weeds out a bit of some of the really basic conversation. And takes it to those people who are struggling at sort of the, the second level of YouTube uh, where they have some experience and they're wondering how to keep that growth going. So, you know, do uh, do check us out on those Facebook groups as well. Uh, that's the sort of – I'll be there personally. I'm Ray R. Uh, and that's where you'll see me, uh, you know, commenting and that sort of stuff. But And also one of the things that
1: uh, back in 2015, I went on a six-week Europe adventure. And so uh, if there's anybody out there who has never been to Europe And would like to know more information. Uh, Some of the locations that I visited was Germany, Italy, Spain, France, uh, Czech Republic, London. Um, I have information on that as well, as well as other members of the team. Uh, They've also been out there too. So if you have a particular interest in the European side of travel, whether it be cruising or backpacking, which is what I did. I did 18, 18 locations in 42 days. It was like the amazing race of Europe. I lost about 50 pounds, I think. Uh, it was a great adventure. Uh, it was planned well. Would I do it again? In a heartbeat. Was it expensive? Absolutely. <laughs> was it worth it? Yes. 100,000%. It was a great adventure. So uh, we do all types of
0: traveling, not just cruising. We do everything. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we've been focusing on cruising since 2013, but, you know, we even go hiking and camping. We had a, yeah. we had a avoid, avoid bear attacks travel tip video we produced very recently yeah. back home in BC on the west coast of Canada. Anyways, uh, so we're just going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate the support and the emails and everything else, and we hope you keep listening. And uh, we hope you have uh, safe, fun, exciting, cheap travel adventures of your own.